SB pod number two already guaranteed to be better because guess who's here? Me, present. Stanford Steve. Joe Buck calling the Super Bowl for the sixth time stops by. And the guy everybody in sports wants to talk to, kind enough to call us, Raheem Mostert, off a record-setting Sunday, cut six times, now he's headed to the Super Bowl. But first, I wanted to remind everyone to check out the first draft podcast with Mel Kiper Jr. and Todd McShay. Joe Burrow most likely to be the first selection overall. Who goes after that? Mel and Todd have got you covered. If it's not Chase Young second, we're going to riot. Download and subscribe to First Draft and the SV Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. The SV Pod is presented by DraftKings. The matchup is set. Both teams are ready, preparing for the biggest game of the year. Time's almost up on the football season, which is a bummer, but you've still got time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. For a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500, draft your lineup, and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. DraftKings will have millions of dollars up for grabs for the big game, so you won't want to miss out. Don't want to wait until next week to get some action. DraftKings also offers up basketball contests every day with hundreds of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Download the DraftKings app now and use code SVP during signup. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. That's code SVP, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, it's SB Pod. Feel much better about everything because Stanford Steve is not allegedly stuck in New Orleans, Stop. getting out of town. He's here face to face with me. Look, we know that we know that the the dismount from New Orleans is a challenge. We yep. get, we get it, but you got you got you got you got jammed up. I did. I had this on the, on the calendar, and I was in the air flying. Because uh, the airport was shut down, flights delayed. Because the president. I guess. That's what I was told. Sources. Well, I mean, you know. Sources. It's happened this summer. We were I listened, to... though. Yeah. How'd we do? Pretty good. Energy was good. Pretty good. Good pace. Pretty good. Yeah, listen. We'll start at, we'll just, not horrible, we'll start at not, it'll be better now because you're alongside. We're going to talk to Joe Buck in a bit mm-hmm. about the Super Bowl matchup, which, all respect to the Tennessee Titans. And Mike Vrabel, who I love, and all credit to them. You beat New England, you beat the one seed, you beat you beat the reigning champion, you beat the one seed. Like you deserve credit. But from a who wants to watch the Titans in the Super Bowl as opposed to who wants to watch the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, more people want to see Mahomes than the Chiefs. So you get Mahomes in the AFC game after they come back from ten points down. And I thought Tennessee six minutes and thirty nine seconds into the second quarter, I didn't know if they're gonna win, but they'd played a perfect football game mm. to that point. Like, it wasn't a little bit of smoke and mirrors like Houston with a block punt and a fumbled punt inside the 10. They were doing exactly what they wanted to do. And then Mahomes does what he what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that guy. And then, really, whoever came out of Green Bay and San Francisco, you're going to have a compelling matchup. Because if it's Green Bay, you get Rodgers basically a decade later. Or you get Shanahan versus Andy Reid. So you got the, you got the coaching storyline. You got the kind of the imposing front of San Francisco. The fact that they're going to try to run the ball down your throat and did against Green Bay, they're going to try to do the exact same thing against Kansas City. I mean, I, I feel like you couldn't have asked for a more compelling matchup from the four that were remaining last week than the, than what we got. 
You're completely 100% correct. I, the, the, the one idea I was saying, you know, everybody wanted the State Farm matchup, Mahomes versus Rodgers. Like, the Chiefs beat the Packers without Mahomes. That would have been a terrible matchup for the Packers. They would have got run. Green Bay won that game. They did? Yeah. In Kansas City? Yeah. Oh. Hard-hitting analysis. So we've got Steve here. Just making it up. Still hung over, apparently. Just Definitely not. Making it up on the fly. Hydrated. Now we got we how's the house by the way? How's the house situation? Awful. We got Awful. three guys we got anybody else out there got three youngsters? Ugh. One of them gets sick, just put them all in the bed together, let them get what they got. Just get it and get it over with. We got croup? Yeah, no, we got strep throat, we got the flu. Ugh. We got two in school that were healthy, and then word is at the school that the older sister's sick, so then the old ladies at school want them out, so they complain, go to the doctor, they're completely fine. But at least everybody's doing their part. Trying hard. So wait, you're telling me that you're telling me the school that hears that big sister six sends the other ones home because they just don't want to turn because they feel like it's a petri dish. Easier, easier day, Scott. Get the two Cochran girls out of there. That's a that's a that's a home run. We can get rid of those two. I'm not going to identify anybody. I will say that I mean I I can identify. We got one that's a handful. There's okay. There's one. There's one Cochran girl that she's going to give you a run for the money. She uh, every day, <laughs> every day. And so wait, so you they were home, not in school? No, they they were home. Obviously, I'm home with the with the sick one. Wife gets called out of work to bring them to the doctor. Uh. Go to the doctor, they're fine. So guess what? Guess who's going back to school tomorrow? The two. So I'm gonna give. Here's what. So in review, we're gonna give you we're gonna give you um, a pass on the fact that you misidentified who won the Kansas City Green Bay regular season game. Okay, it's fine. Not a big deal. I think this. I said it on Sports Center the other night. I feel like what San Francisco does meshes up exactly with what can beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like if you're great at something, but the team that you play against, if if that plays into their strength, then you're strength on strength, and then who knows? I feel like the pro- what gives what gives Mahomes or any quarterback problem pressure. Mm-hmm. Kansas uh, San Francisco can pressure you with just their base four. Mm-hmm. What. What else causes problems for Kansas City? Well, if you've got the ball and they don't, it makes it pretty hard to score. Like the, the script this year, whether it was when Indianapolis went into Arrowhead and won, they possessed the ball, they ran the ball, they won the game there. And I'm talking about when Mahomes was playing. Uh, the Texans did the same thing. Um, San Francisco, as we saw last week with Raheem Mostert, who I love his story more than anything, first guy in the history of the playoffs to run for more than 200 and four touchdowns in a game, obviously – like, they, they threw the ball to Kittles once last week. He came on the show. He's like, Emmanuel Sanders didn't catch a pass. He didn't care. I caught it once. Great. I'll be, I, I won't be sore tomorrow. It hurts when you get tackled. I'll be great on Monday morning. The, San Francisco is going to go into this game against the t, uh, one of the worst rushing defenses in the league and just say, pitch to 31. Can you stop it? <laughs> and I mean, I'm not saying I think Kansas City is going to get smoked and picking against Mahomes, you, you can feel stupid in a hurry. I just think what San Francisco does that can win a game. It lines up identically with what can beat Kansas City, so that would make me say, "Give me, give me the Niners." Okay, assess. Uh, I mean, it, you you pretty much broke it down. I I think the amount of time you allow both offensive guys to 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 that amount of time and know what they want to do compared to what they think they're going to get is is absolutely fascinating. I think the X factor in the whole game is Tyreek Hill. What what do you do? 
Well, what, I, what do you try and do is what I should say because the Niners are pretty stubborn. They like to do what they like to do defensively because you mentioned they have those four guys and they can do whatever they want up front with those four. But, man, that guy scares the crap out of me because we know about the other side of the field with, with, with the 49ers. You know, we know where, where Sherman is and what, what he does, but what, they've had issues on the other side. And I would imagine Andy Reid wants to get Tyreek Hill on that other side to get him over the top. And then you got our guy Kelsey, a.k.a. Cleese. Codename code Cleese. Underneath doing whatever he wants to do. And they just, that, that hyperspeed they have, man, on the outside, it's, it's, it's I don't know. That, I mean, that pressure's got to be real. I get it. And here's and constant. The, and, and, and the, the scariest thing about Mahomes is, is if, if you pressure but don't get home, He's as good off schedule oh. as anybody because then he just runs around. And now, the se- like, if you stop for a split second, and I say this like I ever played in the secondary, this may shock you. I didn't. Never played corner. Never played safety. Used to ruin secondaries with the nerf, though. I, yeah, I did. But I, I never was a Mike linebacker or a <laughs> Sam. I was none of that. All right. But it seems to me that if you hesitate in the in the defensive secondary mm. for a split second with Hill or McCall Hardman. Running at full speed, well then Mahomes is going to line up and wind up that hand cannon, and it's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I hear you. It's look, he's scary as hell. He's the, he's the spookiest guy in the league to play against because of all of the the, the skills that, that he have that you see on schedule, and then off schedule, I think is even scarier. I'm just, I just think if he doesn't have the ball, he can't score, and I think San Francisco with Shanahan, who is a brilliant play caller, off the best. You think oh, he's my favorite? Why? I remember having this conversation with people last year at the title game uh, in college. I mean, the, the Rams were to talk into town, and I just kept saying, "Like, give, give, give the Niners a chance." Here. Everybody's talking about McVay, love in love with McVay. I get it. He's 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 awesome. Yeah, but he's I got just stubble. He I looks just good. Yeah, perfectly trims that beard perfectly. But I just looked at Shanahan and what he. They won four games last year with nothing. And they gave the Seahawks fits. They gave the Rams fits. I mean, those were playoff teams. And they just, I just loved what he did because he had something new. Comes out now this year with the, with the flap rim hat. Looks like a skateboarder as a head coach. I can't get it out of my mind, but he's just, he's phenomenal. I know everybody wants to, wants to him because of the Super Bowl, the 28-3 lead and what he did there. It basically came down to one series, but he got knocked out of field goal range. Everybody wanted to blame him. There was even an article, I think, written or, uh, I heard some people talking about, when the Niners hired him, like, might want to rethink that, what happened in the second half. Super Bowl. You know? Like, come on. You know? He's, got, he's, he's incredible at what he does. So that's – he's his own entity in this whole game when you're when you're looking at what fascinates me, when, you know, in this game. Couldn't – I mean, look, we're in the content business. The storylines that, that, that they will have, that Joe Buck and we'll talk to him in this podcast will, and, and Fox and Troy Aikman, et cetera, will have to talk about. You, you couldn't ask for more because you got the young Shanny – Dad won a Super Bowl, so that 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 is its own thing. Oh. Meanwhile, we got Andy Reid over here, 15 years after getting Philadelphia, how he's grown, how he lets players be themselves more. He's not as rigid as he once was, and now he's got this this remarkable transcendent talent in Mahomes. And I mean, again, we're in the storyline slash content business. You've got remarkable storylines and incredible content in any direction you turn. One other, remember, um, Patriots. Giants undefeated season. Who's the Giants defense coordinator that game? Spagnola. What did he do to Brady? Pressure, pressure, pressure. Out of his mind. So Garoppolo, get get the film out. They, he get, threw get, the ball like eight times last week. You know what's another crazy? Like I don't want to get prop bet crazy here, but I was looking at prop bets. Okay, 
You know what Garoppolo's prop bet for pass attempts was in the NFC title game? I don't. 31 and a half. <laughs> what do you make that number in this game? Seriously. Well, I not 20? Not more than that. Because okay. it, I, I have to think at some point you'll probably have to throw. Mm-hmm. Probably, maybe, uh, and and hey, look if 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 I'm wrong about what I'm saying about how this meshes up, and if you can't run or if you fall behind, then maybe, you know, like that's happened. To, that's happened to, to Baltimore to a, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Once you fall behind, like it, like running's cool until you can't, until it's like you, and then you panic, and then the next thing you know, it's the season's over. So, our first guest this week, regardless of what happens in Miami, has made history because nobody ever. Ever, 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 not never, had run for 200 yards and four touchdowns in a playoff game. Raheem Mostert did. You know the story by now, at least some of it. Cut by six different teams in a crowded backfield in San Francisco that includes Matt Breed. It's Evan Coleman, who at times have all looked like the guy that could be the guy, Mm -hmm. right? All ran for over 500 yards. Mostert tried to run for 500 yards Sunday <laughs> against Green Bay, got to 220, got almost halfway there in one day. No one's ever done that before. Everybody and their mama is knocking on this guy's door. He's kind enough to join us now on SV Pod. I'm laughing as I as I try to figure out how to get here because I watched you Sunday like everybody did, and I decided I'm going to write something about you for one big thing. And I sent you a note on on Twitter, not knowing if you'd get it. Then I'm corresponding with your agent like a day and a half later. Now you and I are talking, and that maybe is the best way to describe from my point of view how crazy your your life has been since Sunday you're the guy living it how how do you describe what's happened since uh Sunday afternoon man it, it's one of those things man it's just so surreal um you know going from you know having having being cut from six different teams and you know finally people seeing my story uh and, and going through you know my journey with me um is unbelievable and uh you know the championship game um, where I, I rushed for 220 yards, you know, I I couldn't do that without my O line and and the team and the organization and and George Kittle and and Kyle Uzcheck and and all the receivers. So uh, it, it's been a whirlwind, but um, it's also been a blessing, man. I, I truly embraced it. Uh, I'm embracing the moment right now, and uh, yeah, I'm going to Super Bowl Super Bowl 54 uh, down in Miami, and that's just another uh, uh, accomplishment of mine. Um, that I can add to my resume later on down in in my later life. So, um, it, like I, like I said, it's just one of one of those whirlwind experiences for me right now. Obviously, people seize upon those those times where you get cut, and there's there's always some you know there's reasons. There's a numbers crunch. Maybe there's a contract situation. Maybe there's a dude who's been there. Maybe it, it could be any number of things. But as this happened over and over and over, I read about. Your wife, that she's the one that kind of almost had to talk you out of just saying, "Man, I, I, I can't do it. Like I'm, I, this isn't meant to be." Like, how, how did you find within yourself the the, the strength, the faith to continue on in the face of, "Nah, it's just not going to happen." Yeah, um, I mean, I, after after that Cleveland cut, you know, well, let me give you a little background about my wife, please. Um, <laughs> she 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 is an unbelievable person. Um, she grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, um, and so she she has always been a hard nose, a work hard, uh, play hard type of type of person. Uh-huh. Um, she played soccer growing up. She's a black belt in Taekwondo, so she has all the you know the characteristics <laughs> of, of a, a true athlete and the and the competitiveness. I mean, we still compete to this day about all the little things, you know. Um, 
and it's 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 crazy that you know I met her in college and uh, yeah man freshman year um, we we've been together ever since and uh, never looked back. That's awesome. And man, yeah, we we built uh, an an amazing relationship, and I built an amazing relationship with her her parents as well. Her dad, man, that guy grinds it out. I, I won't, <laughs> I've never met a guy that works harder in his entire life than that man, uh, Kevin Beckwith. Um, he owns his own business. He's a landscaper, and he's been doing it for 30-plus years. Man, he started when he was young, and I hear about the stories of how he wanted to be a lumberjack when he went to, when he went to college and up, upscale in, in New York. So it's just, like, unbelievable, man, um, the work ethic that the family has. And so it just, it just helped me, you know, understand my true path and, and you know, sitting down with them and talking with them and, and my wife just basically bringing it to the, the forefront. Like, hey, look, man. If you want to go after your dreams, man, you got to go go with it at full steam ahead, full attack, and don't look back at the at all the mistakes and what happened um, at that at that at those moments, and and just learn from those lessons and keep it keep it going. Um, and I took that to heart, you know. Um, your biggest your biggest um, criticism in life is those that love you, you know, and that's one thing that that I've always told myself, hey, you know, these people love me, you know, they really they really want to see me thrive. So, you know, what more to do than to just go out there and have fun and just not even think about all those times I've been cut. And it's just paying off, man. It truly is. But but what ha- you said, so you said you were going to tell me about Cleveland. So, like, so the, oh, the yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. what happened Cleveland, there? Cleveland, man. So, Cleveland, I, we were sitting down and, you know, um, I just, just made the roster, um, you know, the final cuts. Um, I, I thought I was good, you know, to finally start my career, and uh, we're already we're already back home, you know. That's where she's from, so I have family and support, and it's all love. Um, I went to go celebrate that night um, with my family, had a nice steak and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next morning, man, woke up, got that phone call, hey, bring your iPad, and and uh, I knew what time it was. They were gonna release me the next day, and. Right there, like I said, we had that talk after I had got released. Um, and truthfully, that actually happened. Um, me and my wife were uh, engaged at the time, and um, not too many, nobody actually really knows this, but um, she was actually having her bridal shower that same day <laughs> that I had got released. And, um, yeah, I couldn't, I, I told her, her mom, her mom didn't want to, you know, ruin her bridal shower, so we we held it off for a little bit, and, um, when she got home, man, I had to break it down to her like, "Hey, bam, like I got released," and that's when we had that talk. Like, "Hey, look, you you got to go fight, you got to do this, man, because I believe in you. You know, your family believes in you, and I know you believe in yourself to go and and keep fighting." So, um, that's what gave me the motivation right there. You know, just keep pushing no matter what. And I'm looking at these pictures from Sunday, Gunner, right, your boy? Yes. Okay, so you, you all those moments, right, where people doubted, and she believed, and her family believed, and they, they, they show you this blueprint of what it is to do that work. But, like, a lot of people, Raheem, put in the work, right? A lot of mm-hmm. people do, and that path doesn't lead to a moment like that. But yours did. Mm-hmm. And as that is happening, and you're holding, you're holding this boy who's the, he's the evidence of that relationship that's been going on since your freshman year, and you just did what you did. None of us in our life are ever going to have that moment, but you did. What is that moment like? Man, it, it's like it's like that moment, mm-hmm. man, where you have your your 
you have your son, you know, you're, you're a father yep. and you get to look at him on a, on a stage, you know, holding him on a stage and all the confetti's going around and you just did a, a great feat in life, you know, um, no matter what it is, you know, you're just on that stage and, and you're looking at, I, I look at it as, I look at it as two worlds coming together, you know, mm-hmm. fatherhood and the love of the game that I play. Um, and, and that moment right there was just so surreal because now I can look back, man, and, you know, 30, 40 years down the road while he's, you know, doing his whatever he wants to do, you know, play ball, um, play basketball, tennis, golf, baseball. We could always look back and share that memory like, hey, son, like this is what your dad did when, you know, you were six months old and um, I just try to make a better life for you so that way you can enjoy moments like this with your son um, eventually later on down the road. But, yeah, like I said, it was one of those moments for me, man, and I just – I, I wanted to break down, but, you know, I had to keep it together because <laughs> Gary Bradshaw was up on the stage, the head coach was up on the stage, and the GM and the owner. So I, I, I couldn't really, you know, Couldn't put any shades on either. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to put on a uh, tough face. But, uh, yeah, it was, for me, man, that was just my, my pride and joy right there, just seeing my little man um, just stand there and, and look at his dad like, hey, dad, I'm, I'm proud of you. That's what I, that's what I felt from him. Uh, Raheem, I want to go back to Purdue. You were, you were. I just remember you returning a bunch of kicks, and you were, a, yeah, yeah. you were a single digit, weren't you? What'd you wear? Eight. Yeah, no, number eight. Number yeah. Eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So I want to go back to that because you were. I mean, I remember watching that, and I'm like, this guy's got to be a track guy. And I remember, yeah, and okay. I remember watching, and, and and then you won. weren't you like the Big Ten champ your senior year, Hunter? Yeah. Uh, junior year, four-time Big Ten champ. No I big deal. One hundred <laughs> and two hundred outdoor, and the sixty meter, and the two hundred meter indoor. Get it right, and Steve. I qualified. Get... <laughs> I qualified all four for um, the national championship. All right, exactly. So that's when when you when you spun this to the league, and you're trying to get in the league. And I, I, I mean, I played college ball, and, and everybody knows it. How much of of the cut, all the cuts? And all the naysayers was about this guy's a track guy. He's not a football player. How much do you think that played a part? Uh, a big part because, um, like you said, all the naysayers they they were like, "Oh, this this is a track guy playing football," um, you know. And I, actually, I got a little bit of motivation from Marquise Goodwin. Um, you know, he came into the league, and you know, he's a he's a he's a track guy just like myself. Mm-hmm. But, He's he's also a football player, and people always call him a track guy playing football as well. And he he changed the narrative and was like, "Hey, no, I'm I'm a football player. I play football. That's what I do." And that's the same thing with me. I play football, and truthfully, I didn't start running track until my junior year of high school. Um, I've been playing football for ever since I was seven, and I haven't missed a year. So um, that's one of the things that I see. You know, the naysayers they don't really know much about me like that. That's why they're naysayers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's let's spin it forward to this weekend. You're obviously from Florida. What's what? How crazy? Give me give me the worst ticket request or most random ticket request you've gotten so far. Uh, the random, most random, uh, I would say, um, is a, a guy has <laughs> sent me a request um, saying that you know. It, I pushed him off a swing in in third grade, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, you remember me? I, I pushed you. 
you pushed me off the swing in third grade, and yeah, can I can I get a ticket? I'm like, oh man, you know, third did, grade. I was a while back. I don't remember that. You know, I was gonna say, Jesus, did you? Did, were you running around third grade shoving kids off swings, Raheem? Was it was it like that? Was no, it like that on the playground? I I, I've always been a nice guy, man. You know, um, got into a couple fights here and there. You know, just to have to stand my ground because I was getting bullied. But I mean. Um, that one, no, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> what, how, what, I mean, for your team, I'm trying to think like, I mean, Richard Sherman's been through it and I would imagine he's almost mm-hmm. like the, he's like the sensei here. Cause he's going to be the guy that can help you understand how to stay in your moment, how to stay yep. in your cocoon and not let the outside noise and all of the requests. And, and here I am saying this as I bothered you to be on our podcast, but I mean, the world's going to try to get inside. How do you guys mm-hmm. as a team close ranks? so that you can do what you guys have to do a couple Sundays from now against Kansas City? Yeah, you know, one of the things that Sherm, after we won the NFC Championship uh, game against the Packers, um, you know, we celebrated in the locker room. Guys were, you know, jumping and dancing and all that type of stuff. Um, Sherm brought brought it to our attention, like, hey, look, you know, enjoy this moment because this moment is going to last a lifetime. But, you know, we still got we still got one more business to handle. And that's just that's the uh to to hold that Lombardi trophy at the end of the at the end of this deal. Um so, you know, you get your mind right, um, come come today actually and he's basically telling us get our mind right, um, you know, celebrate and then we gotta come back full steam ahead and we can't we gotta we gotta finish this thing through because that is the ultimate goal for us. We wanna host that Lombardi trophy. I mean and we want we wanna get that win and be in a being the books as the one of the greatest teams, you know, um, to to do what we did thus far, man. I've I've heard coaches talk about. I, I can't remember if it was if it was Coach Saban at Alabama. It might have been it might have been Mac down at Texas when he was there about the idea of winning a title and him telling his team, "Don't let this be the best moment of your life," which I think is such a great a great thought. Like this is a great moment, but yeah. you you already know Raheem because you you've got a child, right? Like there's nothing that tops that. But but while Sunday right. while Sunday was great, it sounds like what what Sherm's trying to tell you is there's there's still one more to win. But human nature, like. You, it, 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 you should enjoy this. It's hard to do what you did. So I guess, I mean, it sounds like you guys did enjoy that moment, and yet how quickly does that does that switch flip where the eyes are on a very formidable opponent with Kansas City? Like, how do you do that? It, it, man, you know, it, it's hard to say because every guy is different on how they handle success. Um, you know, I have never been in this position, so – this throughout this whole week, I'm going to ask Sherm and I'm going to ask Tevin and I'm going to ask like all those guys that have been in that moment, you know, to play at a big at that big stage and and ask them, hey, how'd you handle this or you know what'd you do um, moving forward? Most I know I know Sherm's going to tell me the most basic answer. He's going to be like, do what you were set out to do. Mm-hmm. Do what um, you know what we've been doing this whole year. Don't change anything up. I literally, right before the uh, the Green Bay game, I had like some salmon, and Sherm got on me. He was like, "Hey, is this in your routine? Like, are you doing this right? Are you doing this right? I know your routine. He like, you can't be doing this. Like, come on now. I'm like, hey, Sherm, I got you, baby. I I, I know, I know. I'm out of my element right now, but it's, it's that leadership that he has because he's making sure that everybody you know sticks with the the same program that that's gotten us there, that's gotten us to where we're at now. 
totally random and unimportant question, but we're down in South Florida. It's not really wavy down there, but it's just new, new Smyrna guy. Like, were you a real surfer or a fake surfer? Were you a guy that just had the board just to try to, like, what's up to the ladies, or could you get in the water and could you rip? Oh, no, I, could, I can get in the water and rip. Um, actually, I, um, I had a couple of years ago, uh, DeForest Buckner had his wedding down in Hawaii, and me and my wife went, and um, I, I got some of the teammates out in the water, Right, the, right before the day of the wedding, and uh, yeah, we we I try to teach them how to surf and everything on a longboard. So, um, I mean, you could back that claim up. I, I really, I really am a surfer. Uh, I did get offered by Billabong. I and, saw some videos. Uh, I'm just playing. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's real. I know it's real. I know it's real. I'm just playing. Okay, okay, okay. yeah. You mess. Yeah, no, I, I like to shred though. I really do, man. I, I honestly I haven't been on a shortboard in a long time. I'm anxious to do it, but I gotta wait till this football stuff is done, so that way I can, you know have some time and really enjoy the ocean you mess with them waves at half moon bay <laughs> no not yet man and i, I i'm buckle stuck. up I'm, I'm really buckle bad. up that ain't really that ain't it. that ain't florida i know, <laughs> I, know. I, I i got one of my good friends uh his name is evan Geisman. he's a pro surfer and um yeah All i right. was just actually uh messaging him man and he's awesome he, I, I, every time i see his his instagram he's always surfing on like the best waves man and and I just get so jealous. Yeah, but let me ask you something. Has he ever done something that nobody's ever done before? Because on Sunday, his boy Raheem went out and had over 204 touchdowns, and nobody ever, 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 not Walter Payton, not Emmett Smith, not nobody's ever done that, and you did. And, man, look, I, I know the world's knocking on your door, and I know everybody wants to, 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 to have a few minutes of time, and so I'm just grateful that you were kind enough to, to, to visit with us, uh, and I'm glad you saw what I had to say on the show, and I meant it sincerely, whether it's a Fred Van Vliet, whether it's you, whoever it is that doesn't get picked but who bets on himself, believes in himself, and then has that faith rewarded. Like To me, that's the, to me, that's the greatest thing that sports gives us, and so I, I'm, I'm thrilled for you, and I just want to see what you do a couple Sundays from now because the stage is even bigger, so you know, I hope you, I hope you yeah. left some in the back pocket to spend down there. <laughs> Hey, I, me too. I'm I'm hoping as well, man. But hey, I just want to say thank you, guys, man. Honestly, um, for helping me out, man, and get my story out there like that. And uh, you know, it, 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 I'm just I just love doing what I do, man. Like I told you before, if you love to do what you do, man, you'll you'll go through any lengths to 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 get get what you want. And uh, you know, now I'm now I can finally say I'm an NFC champ, and then hopefully I can add to that resume a Super Bowl champ. As I said on the show the other night, I understand when you when when you've been surrounded by the darkness of doubt. I understand why you run to the light. So keep running to the light, man. Raheem, congratulations yeah, on an yeah. incredible performance. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and thank you sincerely for your time, man. All right, thank you guys for having me. I truly appreciate it, Steve. You know me a long time, and you know that I'm entirely sincere about this. I like the five star guys that get picked in the lottery and they make it, like Zion making de- this debut this week. That that's a great story. I love that story too. But the guy like Mostert, mm-hmm. the guy who's had to really look in the mirror and ask himself, do I want to do this? Like, can I keep trying to do this? And you hear how he gets it done. His wife has got his back. His wife's dad is showing him, like, what it is to do your work. <laughs> like, like the, there's always a backstory. But you know what? There's guys that have done it, and it just never happens. So when it happens for that guy, to me, that's that's my favorite thing in sports. When absolutely. It, when it happens for those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's and awesome. I mean... The question is now: Is it was that was that a moment or a movement? Right? Was that a moment in time, or does he become the guy? The way that dude runs the football. I was going to say he showed he got the goods. Yeah, I don't think it was an accident. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, 
I, and and that scheme with that play caller that, that you love so much, I don't know. I I'm rooting for his story. I'm just it's whatever happens for the rest of his story that 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 page that chapter whatever is is remarkable. Now, because we got Raheem, I I don't know. This is kind of this is kind of awkward. Um, is uh did did he call? Scotty, always here for you, man. You're always there for us. Thanks for coming on the show last week. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Second week of the uh, of the podcast. You're pulling out the big guns. Let's go. I'm not tired yet. Stu Gatz, uh I don't know how to say this, but, I mean, we we got Raheem Mostert. <laughs> we we got Joe Buck. I mean, one guy set a record. The other guy's calling the Super Bowl. I mean, like, I don't know. I like you and all, but I'm sorry. Not, not this week, pal. Really, Scott? All right. Go buck yourself. <laughs> I mean, I get <laughs> I get it. I do. I, I get it. Um, that's uh, maybe that's, next week. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's only the second one. I mean, I mean, we're off to a pretty good start, though. Steve's actually batting five hundred. <laughs> We've had two. Steve's been here for half of them. All right. Let's welcome in now the man uh, who will be on the call for the Super Bowl, World Series, Super Bowl, U.S. Open, golf. Whatever it is that is played at the absolute highest level, the pinnacle of sports, Joe Buck has called it, and uh, he's back for the sixth time to call the Super Bowl. From Fox Sports, it's Joe Buck. Before we begin, sincerely, thank you for doing this. I mean, last week we had McConaughey, Tiger, Big Cat, Tony K. I just I want to keep up the pace of you know the A-list type guests, so thank you. Well, I, I don't know that I qualify, and uh, if I don't, then you know, just say so after I hang up. Well, right. Well, we just won't run it. We'll we'll get someone else from somewhere. But in the in the yeah, in we, Chris Chris Myers has done that uh, in the postseason uh, where he's grabbed a guest. He had one uh, in New Orleans, I think, with Everson Griffin, and mm-hmm. he leaned into the microphone because they didn't they, they didn't have time for another interview on the post game show. And Chris leaned into the microphone and said, "Let's fake this." And so uh, he didn't want to say, hey, Everson, we don't need you. He just Ooh. faked an interview, and it went nowhere. Wow. But for Everson's like, hey, did you see me? No, man, you weren't on. What? Yeah, no, no. Well, well, I didn't. I didn't. You're not going to find out. I mean, it's not like anyone listens to this podcast. Actually, we did okay. There were some people that listened, so you may, maybe you'll, yeah, you'll hear that. about it. Yeah, I, I doubt all that. Well, Joe, you've said in the past, what is it? this is the sixth, am I right? This is the sixth time? This is number six. So you've said about calling the Super Bowl. It's it, it, in the beginning that that moment where you realize, all right, this is the single biggest television audience of the year. It's sort of that don't look down moment, which I get. Six six times in, is it is it different? Has has that diminished to any degree? No. In fact, I, I think when I you know look ahead to what's coming up in a couple of Sundays, and I compare it looking back on the first one we did, which was Super Bowl thirty nine. I feel like in some ways the the high wire act is a little bit higher. It feels like uh, going on that wire over Niagara Falls uh, these days with kind of social media. Uh, I think I think the the general population is a lot more uh, educated on what they're watching, whether that's because of fantasy football or just just the overall wealth of information that people are privy to for this two-week period uh, before the game kicks off. So I've joked, but I I think back when I started in this business, whether it was baseball or football, you felt like you had something to bring and maybe some note you had was going to educate the the viewing audience. And now I kind of feel like I, I have to keep up. With, with the viewing audience. So it's it's intimidating to some degree, but I think you just have fun with it. And, you know, you, you can kind of laugh at, at the, 
the big stakes that are there. And yeah, so there's a hundred plus million people watching. It's no different than this past Sunday when 50 million people were watching. It's not like it's uh, any less treacherous. So I'll go in and enjoy it. My family will be there and uh, then we'll be done. So I can't wait. The, the the two shot the, or the or the high hello however you want to describe it in our business you've 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 kind of poo pooed that as well which you and Troy and like nobody cares but I disagree because I, I look at this year Joe and I feel like with Kansas City they, they felt like last week they were the ace in the deck and whoever came out from your game whether it had been Green Bay or San Francisco that was still going to be a face guard like I didn't think you could lose you were going to have a, a, an incredible game to describe and so from the very moment that we see you. You know that everybody that's watching is just as as fired up as they can be, and the storylines that you all have to choose from, you, you couldn't, if you were greedy, you couldn't have asked for more than this, could you? No, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think when you go into this game, it, it feels like the potential for one of those heavyweight battles, and that's fun for us. I mean, it just really depends on where Troy wants to take it. Mm-hmm. and what segment of this game he wants to look at. Um, do you want to look at Mahomes and what he can do out of the pocket against the San Francisco defense? Do you want to look at the 49ers? Obviously, the story coming out of the first two rounds of the playoffs that they've played is that nobody can stop them running the ball. Uh, and, and even, you know, that's the, that's the mark of dominance. When, when teams know what you're going to do when you get off the bus and they still can't stop it, it's like facing Mariano Rivera in yeah. the ninth inning of yeah. a World Series game. You know he's going to throw the cutter, but right. you still can't hit it. I mean, that's that's when teams are great, and I, I think that's what we saw, you know, this past Sunday night with uh, with San Francisco just doing what they did to Green Bay. Yeah, Kittle was on with us. He said uh, we just were going to run it until they could stop it, and and they never did. So we just never. I mean, he caught one pass, you know, and it just, it didn't matter. Um, I, I laughed at Rivera just that with the whole sign stealing bit. Like, Rivera could have whistled at you and held up the ball and said, hey, cutter, cutter coming. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody sent me, uh, you know, one of those freeze frames. What are they? Memes? No GIFs, one knows. GIFs, no, whatever the hell no they one are. knows. Picture. Uh, nope. made up, no one knows. made up word there yeah. is for that. Yeah. Uh, and it said, <laughs> no need to steal signs of throwing a cutter and you yep. can't hit it. Right. And, you know, that's that's how the 49er run game has been over the last couple of weeks. And I think Kansas City will have their hands full trying to stop it. The difference is they have an offense that can light up a scoreboard like a pinball machine. And at some point, you just feel like they're going to have to throw the ball. But I, I credit Kyle Shanahan, you know, who told us going into that game when he first started coaching, he just wanted to throw, throw, throw. And it took him a while to really, you know, commit to – running the ball as an offensive coordinator and man it wasn't broke so they didn't try to fix anything and they just ran their way into the Super Bowl how much do you lean on Troy in a game like this even more to to try to pull out I don't know what it is if this is it an anecdote is it a story is it just some observation that only someone who has done what he has done on that stage would really understand because you guys are well if it's a regular week 10 and wherever you guys together, I think it sings. But it, on that stage, in that moment, I feel like you can. He could provide something unique, and that's. I think that's hard to to do it in this day and in this day and age. Man, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's what he's got over you know just about everybody else that he's he's done that. He, that he knows yeah. what it's like. Uh, he he knows what it's like to try to. Uh, you prepare yourself to try to calm yourself, to try to do your job and, and not be in awe of the moment. Um, and, and he's won it. You know, he's 3-0 and in Super Bowls. And I, there aren't a lot of guys floating around these days that, that have a microphone 
smashed in front of their face that <laughs> can tell you what that feels like. So I, I think it is my job. I think you're right. I think it is my job to get to that stuff uh, because that that's unique insight that nobody else has read on their phone during the course of the week, and, and uh, you know, it's up to me to get it out of them. For you who's done it now, that'll be six, and you've done everything and done it so well, World Series, I'm going to get to some of that in a minute. The biggest stage is highest stakes. Sunday night in Miami, two weeks from now, when it's done, when you're leaving the stadium, for you, not for anybody else, but for you, Joe, how? what will tell you you got it right for you from the moment you say it, hi, hello, till the time you say so long? If I feel like having a drink and hanging out after the game. <laughs> if I don't... uh it means I screwed up, but I, I, I know what you're asking. I, I think, I, you know, these games these days when, when it is a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it feels like the only thing you want to do is not screw up. And that's, I don't think I always felt that way. I, maybe I felt that way when I started and I was at Yankee Stadium um, for the World Series, but I, I just, I, I feel like these days you can you can play it ultra safe and be boring as hell. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, take a few, a few chances, have some fun, which I plan on doing at the the appropriate time, and just kind of get through it cleanly. Right. Um, I, I felt like, you know, the last time we did it, you know, this business, the executives don't like come in doing handsprings and somersaults and be, oh my god, that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. It's like we pay you well, you should do it well, and and if you don't, I feel like you're going to hear about it. And if you do an okay job, you just kind of have to be satisfied in your own mind, in your own heart, and then go on about the rest of your year. So I, you know, I'm hard on myself. I'm way harder than anybody is on me, be it from Fox, from another network, uh, internet, whatever. I hold myself to a high standard, and I, I try to do the best job I can. And I feel like if I do the work and, and I've, I've prepared myself and, and I've, I've gotten through the game, there are only a handful of people that know what it's like to do a Super Bowl to 115 million people. And, you know, it, it's a unique club, and I think those guys know what, what it takes. And I, I'll just try to, to do my part and in some ways just stay out of the headlines and, and just do my job. It's funny, I've not done play-by-play other than golf, and that's like anyone could do it, as I prove. Golf play-by-play. They, they, not true. Oh, Not true. Joe, you know it's stealing money, because what do they tell you to do? They, they tell you to lay out. That's an industry term that means don't talk. Like, the best thing you can do is not talk so we can hear the wind, we can hear the clubs rattle, and we can hear a right. player say to yeah. a caddy, should I hit a five or a six? And and oh, that's great. They they love if you're not talking. So I can't. No, I know you're you're right. And I and now having done golf for however many years it's been, and kind of riding that roller coaster, I get what you're saying. But we could talk. We could do a seminar on all this stuff. Doing golf and with 154 balls in play and bouncing <laughs> around a, a stadium or a field that you're not really looking at, and you're getting info in your head, and it's kind of, you're basically doing the thing on TV off your TV, uh, it's a unique thing. I would rather sit in the best seat in the house like I'll have uh, in two Sundays, have it all in front of me, and wherever my mind or my eye goes, I'll say something about it as opposed to being reliant on other people for information, including, you know, who certain people's girlfriends are. Ah, there we are. Well, you know, actually, that makes me feel a little bit better about myself because, I mean, 
It, it, it is, and it's, and again, this is real inside the Beltway for for broadcasting. But I mean, I've sat in a in a trailer in a field in Scotland, and you're there's you know, like you said, there are however many golf balls in the air, and you're I'm my job's to be responsible for however many holes, and then all of a sudden. There's a moment where it dawns on you that it's your hole. It's eight o'clock in the morning. This is some qualifier from Bangladesh, and you're like, I don't have a effing clue, man. And you're right. Just, you know, I know. You, you and really then you don't. Think about our first year at Chambers Bay. Everybody's like, Wait, what golf course is this? Who are these guys talking? And then I'm sitting there with Greg, and then you've got somebody else in the 17th tower, miles away. Somebody else in the 16th tower. Nobody can look at each other. On course reporters. It's a lot. And it takes a while. It's it's a lot of movie. There's a lot of choreography in it. I know it sounds like we're crying about it, but I like the challenge of it. It's great. It's fun. I obviously love the sport. I'm obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. But it is is a hell of a lot easier, I think, maybe just because I've done this kind of thing my whole life, but having it in front of my face and, (laughs) and looking at the action and describing what I see instead of being almost removed from it. Sure. And, and, and hearing, you know, let's go to Spieth at four. This is for birdie. Well, I, I hope. I'm not there. I I, I hope it's. First of all, I hope it's speed. Secondly, I hope it's the fourth hole. And finally, I hope it is for birdie and not for seven. So I, you know, I I have no idea. And you're right. And it might not be. And look, there's there's cleanups. And what I think people get it. I mean, like we did we did the open. You come on at at first light, and you're done at dark, and you're on for 14 hours and change. People don't expect it to be perfect. But but it is it is a, a challenging thing. And I do think what you point out about having it right in front of you. Um, and it also, Joe, the, the, the Super Bowl allows for a certain level of of, uh, of emotion to seep in, and I and that's where I that's where I always feel like you get it exactly right. Um, and and I whether it's that or whether it's the World Series or the Open, the U.S. Open. I mean, and I'm not asking you to pick between children because I'm sure they're all different. But is there is there anything about any of those stages that that is is the most enjoyable where you find yourself feeling feeling like this is as good as this profession could possibly be? The seat I occupy right now. Yeah, I, I think those moments normally come in a Game 7 of a World Series. Okay. And and I don't say that. I mean, doing the Super Bowl is the most massive thing on television, period. And when you start comparing it now to what was on TV and the ratings that, people, that shows and other sporting events were getting, even the World Series, you know, a couple of decades ago, you really see the difference in, in how the Super Bowl cuts through everything else. But I, I think when you get to a Game 7 and two teams have been through an entire month, and now an entire series, and you've had, you know, the each side has won three games. It comes down to one pitch. It comes down to one swing. You know, in our profession, you hope the home team is the one that's, like, having this unbelievable moment in a game seven because there's just nothing like it. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, I'm not there for either side, or I, I don't care who wins, but you want it to be those moments where it's like, man, there is nothing I can say that's going to be better than just shutting up and letting the crowd <laughs> lay out. Yeah. Overwhelm and, and bring the viewer right there. I, I just think you're, it becomes just so self-centered and, and it becomes, I think it's done sometimes out of insecurity and that's what you get. I think the more you do, the more you realize, well, I don't have to prove everything I know every time I open my mouth, that's the problem with starting in golf five years ago or whatever it is. And you feel like, man, I got to show everything. I, I know what a birdie is and mm-hmm. I know what a, <laughs> but you know, what, how, how, however stupid that all is, 
once you've done it enough times, you kind of get the benefit of the doubt and you realize, I don't need to overdo this. Let's just kind of pick our spots and and accent the action instead of try to carry it. And that was the genius of Nance this year at Augusta. I'm, I've been lucky, Joe, to be there for however many years. I was there for Tigers first, and I was there this year, and I've never heard mm. it sound like that in my life, ever, ever, ever. It sound, I said it sounded like uh, Tiger Stadium and LSU on a Saturday night. People are chanting, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. And the brilliance of Jim Nance in that moment is I don't know how long he and Nick Faldo didn't speak, but it was several minutes. And as he said afterwards, there's not one thing I could add to that. And that's what fascinates me about, you say pick your spots, is, is, it, is it an innate feeling of when nothing I say here is, is necessary, okay, now I can add something. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that moment would be like. Well, I, I mean, I, I can take you through one moment. Please. Our second Super Bowl was Super Bowl 42 with the Giants going against the Patriots, and the Patriots seemed unbeatable, and, and they were you know already uh, a team that was considered a, a dynasty uh, at that point. Think about that. And that just shows you how long that thing's been going with the same two protagonists with the head coach and the quarterback. But that was 2007 season, and they're perfect, and they're trying to cap it off and uh, you know, the 72 Dolphins haven't celebrated yet, and the Giants, and that was Eli Manning's coming out party, and they're going back and forth. That was the Tyree catch. That was the, you know, for me, the, the crazy part of the Tyree catch was Eli not going down. He looked like he was swallowed up, and then all of a sudden he throws it in their arms and helmets and a football, and then they go down and they score a touchdown to Burris in the corner, front corner of the end zone. He's, ba- you know, he was by himself. And I didn't say anything for, I don't know, a minute and a half. And our director, Artie Kempner at the time, told the story. There's nothing I needed to say. It was Burris, then it was Eli, then it was the Giants sideline, then it was a pissed-off Belichick and somebody on their defense, then it was a shot of Peyton Manning celebrating in a luxury suite because his little brother just threw the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And then it was crowd shots and then back to the giant sideline and probably Coughlin. That, that's the beauty of that. It's television. It's not radio. It's an entirely different medium. So if you're doing it on radio, you're describing all that. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it on TV, I, there's no reason to put a soundtrack to that. Uh, just let it go. And I sat back and enjoyed it with everybody else. And when you have a great director and, and you guys – uh, certainly do at ESPN, and when you cover golf, and the guys at CBS are brilliant at it, especially at Augusta, and we do, I think, at Fox. Just let them do their work and and pick it up on the back end and and put a put a period on it. Joe, I imagine you're a creature of habit, and I think the most rushed thing in sports is NFL halftimes. So, without getting too personal, what the hell do you do with yourself in that extra time at halftime of the Super Bowl? <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, I feel like it's it's always a great reset. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on who the act is that, okay. um, you know, if I'm going to watch it or not. I, there's a lot of stuff to be done. A, I'm probably starving because I haven't eaten before the game because I was probably nervous and I ate breakfast and that's it. So I got to eat something. B, no doubt I have to go to the bathroom. C, I'm answering text messages from people like uh, Van Pelt. Uh, D, I... Am maybe watching the act. I remember last time it was Lady Gaga, like pretending like she was falling out of the hole in the stadium or out of the sky. On into it was just like wow. Uh, 
And and then all of a sudden, you know, I don't care how long it is, and it's long as hell when I'm at a Super Bowl party, but when you're doing it, it feels like it's two minutes, and gotcha. then you're back at it. Uh, and then, you know, catching up with Troy and, and talking about what he's seen, what he expects, and so that when we come back on camera, I know where he wants to go with, with regard to a question so I can set him up right. So it it's a long halftime for everybody else unless you're doing the game, and then it feels like it just kind of flies by. Got it. It feels like this time's flying by. And I, I, I already lied to you. I told you to be however many minutes, and it's longer. I want to. I just want to close with a couple of thoughts here. Um, the way the rotation with the Super Bowl goes, you guys follow CBS, and Jim Nance is as classy a man as there is in our business, and always thoughtful, always says what's right, always does what's right. And he mentioned your pop and and you in fifty years, and you calling the Super Bowl. And I thought I was going to ask a question. I'm like, well, I'm sure that must have meant a lot. And then I thought, you know what? I don't know what that meant for 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 a guy like Jim uh, to to make mention of that. As you prepare to do this, what what did that represent to you? Well, again, I mean, it, it, I I could do another seminar on this stuff because I, I feel like a lot of these walls are kind of finally coming down between networks. I don't know if there ever were them. I think they were kind of there and perceived. But when we were uh, at Pebble for the U.S. Open, uh, my boss Eric Shanks and our uh, CFO Larry uh, Jones saw nance at a party and they came to me they're like what do you think about nance coming on would you mind if if nance came on and called some of the golf i'm like are you kidding it'd be awesome it'd be amazing Mm -hmm. so that would be fantastic and they had to pass it through cbs and whatever he came on and he was you know typical great jim nance and then i got to know him a little bit better after that i really didn't know him that well prior to that i just watched from a distance and admired how how he does his job we have a lot of mutual friends, and I've always heard uh, a lot of great things, and we kind of kept up. Then CBS did their end-of-the-year spoof video where they reached out to me, and they <laughs> replayed that uh, that time when he was in the broadcast booth, and it was uh, a spoof on like what was going through my mind while he was talking. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty harsh on Jim, and I was a little nervous about doing it. And Jim Reed's like, oh, my God, that broke up the room. That was so funny. And then we kept texting. Then that thing happened. And here's the embarrassing thing. I didn't even know my dad did Super Bowl IV. Really? Uh, so he, he knew more information about my own father than I did. And then he said it, uh, which was such a, a classy move. And my mom and sister were at home, uh, and they cried watching mm. it. And, yeah. and so I reached out to Jim and said, you know, not only are you a great guy for doing it, but you made my mom and sister cry in the best possible way, thinking of their, you know, late husband or their late father, and it just was great. So uh, it meant the world. You're right; it did mean a lot, and uh, it, it was educational. On top of it, it's <laughs> like a, uh, it's like an episode of uh, Fat Albert and the Gang. I learned something along the way too. One to grow on. Um... When we yes. when we used to have the U.S. Open, uh, some other jokers have it now, but when we used to have it, right. um, and we did the Thursday-Friday, uh, we would still stick around for the weekend, and we do the, the preview show on Sundays, and it was always Father's Day. And I lost my pop young, and so it, it's always kind of an emotional day, and I would always ask the truck to get as many shots as they could of dads with sons and daughters, and we would show those at some point uh, in that hour. And at some point every Sunday of the U.S. Open when we were there, I'd always go find a place by myself to sit down and just think, just think, you know, about the journey in life and just think about my pop and think, you know, I, I, I'd like to hope he'd be proud of how it all went and just a little quiet time. 
In this moment where you call a Super Bowl, and as you've now learned, you, it's there's some symmetry there with you and your dad. If, if you allow yourself any quiet time in the midst of all the chaos that that day represents, thinking about him, I realize it's a personal question, but 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 what would what would it be? What would you think in that moment? Well, first of all, I, I still find myself sometimes, even though he's been gone for now 17 years, died in 02, uh, reaching for the phone after games. And, I, and people say, you know, if your dad came back to, to earth for a day, what would you talk to him about? And, you know, I, it would be about going through divorce. It would be about my two daughters. It would be about my two, you know, twin sons. It would be probably nothing about broadcasting, but I, I do think of him probably every day because if I don't on my own, somebody brings him up to me and and he will, not only will he flash through my mind that day and it'll be more than a flash, but so will Hank Stram. They were together uh, for a long time. I don't know, 13, 14 years calling Monday Night Football together. They were the best of friends. They were like the odd couple. Uh, they They, you know, really shared a lot i learned as much football from my dad as i did hank and hank is the last head coach of the chiefs when they won super bowl four and the whole matriculating the ball down the field Mm -hmm. and all that stuff in his quirky ways and i and i saw that as a little kid and and so i'll think of my dad i'll think of my dad and hank and i'll think of hank uh and and it's just cool i yeah I, i think of him all the time and i would not be where i am without him lugging me around with him as a little boy to all these different stadiums and all these different booths and showing me, you know, what, what this business is all about. But I think more importantly, letting me know just by his example that you just don't treat people like a jerk and you're going to have a pretty great life. And, and that's the biggest thing I learned from him. So I, I will think of him plenty uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. Right on. You wrote a book called Lucky Bastard. As a wise man once told me, if it was luck, it would have run out by now. You're you're great at what you do. You're great at what you <laughs> but do, I'm man. Still a bastard. Yeah. Well, I didn't say anything about that. I just said the luck would have run okay. out. I, I uh, uh, you know how much I admire your work and appreciate what you do and how you do it. And uh, like everybody else, I'll be watching you and enjoying it. And I hope you have a hell of a week down there in Miami. And I hope when it's over, you go have a drink and hang out. Oh yeah, that would be a good sign. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Thank you both. And. Uh, you know, keep doing your great work too. I appreciate it. So that's a wrap on SV Pod Two, Steve. I mean, is it SV Pod or the SV Pod? No one knows. As it's we we covered this last week. It can't be SVP OD okay. because that's obviously the connotations aren't great. SVP Pod. Well, there's like a company. It's a grocery delivery thing. There might oh. be some might be some kind of trademark infringement. Nobody knows for sure. It's just SV Pod. Okay. I mean, look. Cheers, bro. Where'd you, I own own it. So it's like Facebook. It was the Facebook, and then we'll drop the the at some point. Yeah, you know what's cooler than a million being a millionaire, being a billionaire. That's that's what we're going to do right here. We're going to monetize us and DraftKings. You you believe in us, we believe in you. Let's go to the moon. Let's become billionaires with the SV Pod. No, no SV Pod. Drop the the. Got it. Thanks to Raheem Mostert. Huh. I mean, again, that guy? I don't want to belabor the point, but I mean, just read more about his story. Uh, it's incredible, and now he's heading to the Super Bowl. Joe Buck, one of my favorites, gets in a in a rational amount of crap. I, I and he's right about the world now. It's it's a higher wire act because everybody's got a microphone. But like, okay, if you don't like him, who do you like? Who's good? Who's good at calling games? Because Joe Buck's phenomenal at calling games. You should you got to remember to text him at halftime too. I'm going to text him the entire game. <laughs>
He acted like I don't bother. Hey, what are you doing this Tuesday? I, I, don't, I don't bother people during games. Like Herbie, I'll send a text. There was a third and eight that uh, I wanted to ask you about. Tariko, I used to send text, but Buck, I mean, like we're not like friendly to the point that I'm. But now, now, guess what, Joe? All right, I'm going to be like, hey, that was third and six, Joe, not third and seven. Get your act together, pal. Tighten your game up. Stop rooting openly for the Chiefs. It's embarrassing. Seriously, that joke wasn't funny, Joe. Joe. Joe, how many Shakira CDs do you have, Joe? Which is your favorite Shakira song? Which is your favorite J-Lo mashup? I'll tell you mine. Remember when she and Ja Rule... All right, I'll stop doing these things. This podcast is over now. If you're still listening, thank you. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, also, television, we're on at midnight. Like every night. Pretty much every night. Pretty much. We're on tonight. And it doesn't matter what day you listen to this, because we're on tonight. <laughs> No days off. That's me doing Belichick. An imitation of. All due respect. All right, we'll see you on TV. We'll see you here. Have a nice day. The SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports.